Have you ever been called a K-word? I learned that word in prime in primary school. God. <laughs> Wait. Primary school. Yeah. I'm I'm so sorry. And an ex friend of mine said it, or maybe his dad said it. And I was like, "What is that?" And then we looked it up, and I remember I didn't I didn't get it. I was like. Six-year-old Nati must have been so confused when he went into a dictionary. So wait, so what happened after you went into the dictionary and like looked it up? Well, I just didn't understand what was happening. I was like, oh, okay. Did you not go talk to someone? No. Well, who would I speak to? The white person that just said the K-word? Or the son that is learning from this father? Like, what? who do I speak to? And then, and like... parent? Your parent? No, I'll, I'll say no, but at the friend's house. And because the word didn't mean anything to me. So you were in that house? Yeah. The whole day? Dude, listen. <sighs> no, like... Listen, 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 listen. I've, I've broken bread with racist most of my... <laughs> like, lit- So you had to stay over? Yeah, but remember, I didn't know what the word meant. To me, it's just... No, no. I understand. Yeah. I just, I'm just like thinking like in hindsight, you must be like, what the hell just happened? Maybe after this podcast, I'll, I'll start thinking about that. But like now, I'm like, obviously, like what, what do you expect? My friend was white. It is oh. me. What, what do you want? <laughs> like, To the intersection podcast as always i'm your host kadile and this week we're going to be mainly talking about being black a lot of people have been dealing with like a lot of racial conversations and having a lot of racial conversations recently because of just what's going on in the world but people are also having conversations around like what is my role to play as like a white person around black people what do what's black people's role to play around but i think like a conversation that's missing is just like the general experience of a lot of black people that's what i'm mainly going to be prioritizing i don't think maybe you should disregard the conversation as to like what role you have to play but i think we should have a conversation about like what do certain groups of people go through and the group of people we're going to be going through today is black people and so today someone who is going to be joining me is a friend of the podcast and someone who is ready to always join the conversation and that's Nati Das, a co-founder of People of the Soil Zine. So, Nati, what you got to say, homie? I said this before, but we have lots of technical difficulties. But at this point, this might as well be called the Insection Podcast feature Nati because I'm here all the time. Yeah. At this point, you are maybe every second to third episode, you are here on the intersection. <laughs> and I, I very clearly remember saying the first time, this, this isn't going to happen often. I know. Now we're here. And I find it to be wonderful. I mean, we'd be having these conversations anyway because we're such good friends. Why not put it online? (laughs) Why not monetize it? Yeah. I mean, I wish. (laughs) But yeah, why not try to make content out of it? It's always good. We're going to probably talk about police brutality and like the police like later. But first, like, let's just talk about like being black for a while. And I'm going to ask you a question as What's like been the hardest thing to explain about being black? (laughs) 
Um, the hardest, sure, the hardest thing to explain being black. We're just jumping into um, it. No filter. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, the, I suppose the hardest thing. Well, mm, I don't know. I'll help you out. What the hardest thing be, and then and then and then I'll come. I'll see. I'll guide. Follow you light. I think the thing is that for me, like the hardest thing is, yeah, like having a conversation about like oppression and discrimination is always hard. It's not necessarily like the hardest thing that I ever had to explain to someone about being black. But I think like it's more about like the situations where something racist happens, right? But then you're the only black person there. And that moment mm. where you have to make the decision as to whether or not you have to call it out. And then your mm. white woke friends look at you. Like they all look at you. I think that's always mm. the hardest thing to explain as to like, why didn't you call it out? Why did you call it out? It's always a case by case situation. And like those mm. friends of yours always kind of like know the conversations and where you stand when it comes to things like that. But then on that day when you're just so exhausted from talking about racial shit, they'll be looking at you and then they'll pull you aside later and then they'll ask you like, dude, you're always like going on about race when we're by ourselves. What now? I think that's probably one of the hardest things to explain. Well, I mean, that happened with us before. I'm almost certain it happened with, between you and me where like something racist would happen. And then one of us just be like, ah, I don't feel like dealing with this today. <laughs> that's the fun of having like two black people at least the other one can take the labor or like if we both don't want to talk about it we just look at each other and we laugh internally (laughs) yeah i will say maybe uh, a really difficult thing about being black is maybe and i say this because i I spent a long the longest time kind of denying my blackness and my coloredness yeah uh since metric but especially uni i've been trying to explore my blackness more and try to uh, emphasize that and i think what's really difficult is to realize just how deep it goes yeah how like every memory that you have when you become because i was always vaguely conscious because you know i read and i watched things but to actually become conscientized and then look back and realize that even the smallest moments are tinged with just racist cut, you know? <laughs> um, that's, yeah. That's really difficult. And like, it, it's really hard to see friends that you loved and you thought had your back only see you as like, you, you don't see you as, as, a, as a full person, you know? Yeah, no, I get you. For me, I've noticed that because I think I also like dealt with a lot of black denial. Maybe still do now. Probably still do. Because sometimes being black is like so hard that you just don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. I just like always used to think about like, are there things that like are exclusively black? And like, are there things that like are separate between like being black or not? And like, I'd always ask myself is like, and what I'm doing, is that like a black thing? Or is that a me thing? Because sometimes I think that there's certain things that we expect of ourselves kind of like a separation between like church and state is there black me and is there like normal um non-partisan non-religious me you know what i mean do you think that like everything we do is exclusively black as well i think a way i i'm not i'm not sure that's a really good question and i think that's gonna that's like a lifetime's worth of research and introspection um and introspection but i will say i'll reply by Quoting 
a Jabuki Young write tweet, or paraphrase it rather, which is that Beyonce invented feminism and Solange invented black feminism. So, like, I think, I think when you, when you talk about is there things black, you know, black experiences, I think of how would you compare how anyone can can dance to single ladies, and it's a bop, and it's a feminist song, but and it's a you know, black feminist song is sung sung by black women, but how many white people can sing about don't touch my hair without getting the side eye, you know? <laughs> or like sing about it and actually understand like, yo, like, yeah, it's a thing. You know, like, I'm sure lots of people have spoken about this, but like, when Slander's second album, oh, no, third album, fourth album came out. No, third album, um, The Seat of the Table, when that came out, and I listened to it for the first time, I was like, oh, this is what it's like to be black. Like, this is... <laughs> she just, like, captured your entire experience. Yeah, like, in, in, in a... But, yeah. But, yeah, she did. And it has also helped because, again, I was trying to explore my blackness. And I was at... You know, we, we, we were at Rhodes, which is a very political... Well, at the t- well, still is, I'm sure. But at the time, it was a, <sighs> nothing but politics. Um, like, yeah, act- activism, po- politics. Yeah. Um, so, like, when I heard Crane in the Sky, I was like, yes. When I heard Don't Be Mad, or Mad, I don't know what song's called. I was like, yeah, yes, I, I, I get it. Like, I see, like, I see you. So, you know how you were talking about, like, that hair song? I literally just, like, went back to, like, Willow Smith with my hair. And I was just like, yeah, that was literally the first time I'd ever heard a black person talk that much about being able to whip their hair back and forth because like it's just it's not a normal thing like our hair is just like a certain kind of way every time i'd hear that song all the white people would go crazy of course because it's willow just as a black person it was just like the most insane thing to just hear and like watch as well like because the music video is a banger i had never had that experience but here's a black person talking about this entire thing that i never thought i'd be able to do I never thought of it that way. I never thought of that song as being radical. <laughs> I mean, I was always around white people. So, like, I always wanted to have, like, that hair that you could just turn. So, I went through a point where I had a coma. So, um, but, like, yeah. Like, I wanted to just put my hair, my hand through my hair and, like, just be able to change its direction just quick. And mm. I never thought I'd ever, like, have an experience until, like, the the trend of the early 2010s where so many black boys in private schools were just getting comovers left, right, and center. Like the mid-2010s. It was just everywhere. And then everyone was going through it and having it and we were all unapologetic about it. And I love that. But at the same time, it was like this whole idea of just chasing whiteness, right? But we all finally got to experience that I get a whip my hair back and forth moment. This doesn't have to just be the white girls on the floor being like, look at me. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder. Huh. Oh. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So since we're talking about like exclusively black things, are there any like words or statements that like annoy you that people say to you? So like from both white and or black people are pretty charged but not necessarily charged like racially charged yeah 
Are these like rough questions? Um, no, I, I just, I, it's just nothing. Nothing seems to come to my mind. Just keep, keeps blanking whenever you're asking these, because they, they, they're good questions, but. How about this? This is something we always talk about. So, um, do you have white friends, eh? You ask questions. <laughs> um, it's, it's getting that deep. Are you having like an existential crisis right now? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry I, I don't, I don't know why, why English has failed me today. Um, is it English, or are you just like finding it like, oh, like, because we talk about these things. But we don't like ever sit down and actually like think about what we talk about sometimes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, ask the question again. <laughs> Do you have any white friends? <laughs> it's very much a yes or no <laughs> question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I do, I do, I do. Okay. But I will say, I will say that again. When I went into Rhodes, I. Had a small group of friends who I small group of people that I consider my friends, and a lot, uh, most of them were white. And then when I got to Rhodes, I suddenly switched, and now I only have most of white spaces. It becomes oh, otherwise, like otherwise, otherwise, it's so mixing the spaces is like rough sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, me and me and a friend were actually speaking about this. We're speaking about how like how a black person feels so like they can feel so out of place in in a white space. Like even if, if those are your friends, like even if you grew up with those people, you you can still feel really out of place. But then you enter a group yeah. of you go to a group of black people and suddenly everything just works, you know? Like... They're just family. No, not, I know, not, not family, but just, we can just joke and, like, get it. Yeah. I, get, I guess it's a lot of inside jokes that just come instantly, just from race. Yeah. Like, you're black, they're black, and you can just throw out all these inside jokes. Yeah. Yeah. You know me, like, in general, like, when I go out, or when we go out, I'm generally, like, pretty bubbly people will probably use the word bubbly but then there's times where like we'll go out and we'll be like only around white people besides us and there's like always at some point in the night where i come to you and i tell you like dude i i can't be here anymore it's just a sudden breakdown in just noticing what's happening and then like realizing like oh yeah i actually don't relate to these people (laughs) what am i doing yeah and that's (laughs) Again, when you when you, when you, when your starting point is that that you mostly only have white friends, that's what you just said is a wild place to be, and and I get it because I I feel that too often. Like I'm like, oh no, this is this is not working. This is. Do you have as many white friends as you'd like, or do you think you have too many or too little white friends? I think I have <laughs> just the right amount. No, yeah, just the right amount. Also, I think I think we should uh, maybe. Is stop talking about white people so much in a podcast about black people. The reason I was asking if you have white friends or not is because I was gonna ask like, what do you feel about like how people just decide to like not have any white friends at all? Like from what I've noticed is like there's a point where I realize like 
I also had like a lot of white friends. And then all of a sudden my friend group was predominantly just black people overnight. It was just predominantly black people. But then like, I never like closed the door on like having white friends. You know, when we go out, it's like I predominantly still talk to mostly white people, but it doesn't change like that people who I end up like being like really close to are black people. And so it's kind of just is weird when I start talking to like other black people, they're like, nah, dude, I can never be, ever be friends with a white person. It's not because like, I think it's wrong. It's just because I don't, I don't know, you know, like how to react. Mm. And like their reasons are valid oftentimes. It's like, I've been hurt too many times by white people, so I can't keep going back. I get that feeling. Um, it kind of reminds me of um, Malcolm X, like early Malcolm X, who was anti, you know, was obviously he was anti segregation, but but he wasn't for assimilation, or he or he wasn't for um that kind of assimilation. You know, that that kind of like hanging out with with white people that don't want to hang out with us. And I get that. I get that feeling. I, yeah, I don't like to close. I, I, I'm like you. I, I don't like. To clo- I don't like to close the door, but I don't. I don't see myself actively going into white spaces um, like that. You know, like parties, like like being like, oh, yeah. I mean, how many times is, is there a party? And I'm and I'm like, dude, there's just white people. Like we can't, we can't, we can't do that again. Yeah, that's fair. No, I get it. Because I know what's going to happen is that we're going to talk about it and then we're going to complain about it, right? And then there's going to be so many people who are going to be like, you see, that's why you don't hang out with white people. Like, who are going to basically comment that? But I'm like, no, but like, just because I had a bunch of shitty times doesn't mean I don't have good times with like other people. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not anti-white people, but I'm definitely not pro-white people. <laughs> that beautiful medium mid middle ground of like i'm apathetic to anything i'm aggressively ambivalent. i guess like the question then becomes like how apparent do you make being black when you're around and has it always been the same a lot i try to make sure that i feel like my blackness isn't being forgotten about there's this i've told you the story before but I went to this restaurant for my sister's, no, yeah, my sister's uh, uh, birthday, like my, anyway. Yeah. And, and we went to, to a white restaurant and with like, with like lawn jockeys everywhere and like mahogany and weird stuff. Well, I mean, no, it, it was a nice place, but ew, weird vibes. But like, so when they brought out the food, I made sure to eat with my hands um as like a quiet protest to be like i am here you know um i don't Did anyone notice your quiet protest it's not about them noticing it's about me filling my filling the space you know yeah i i don't like to curl my hair partly because i'm lazy <laughs> And like, oh no, or I mean, I don't like to come here, but I, um, I don't like to style my hair, partly because I'm lazy, but mainly because 
I want people to see this bush. You know, I want people to be like, that's unruly black hair and be like, yeah, I know. Or we could just think it's laziness because like, you're like, I shouldn't have to do this. And like, it looks like laziness. It could just be a true desire of like, like it's your body basically fighting you being like, yo, you know, you don't want to do this. I think I think it, it it can be both. It can be both, you know, me being like me being very lazy, which I am. I have to admit, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a lazy person. I do always wash my hair and I always put things in it, but like I don't style it. Can I ask you a question? What? So when you go to like job interviews or you go to like a formal event, do you comb it then? No. So this is the thing. Uh, last year when I was looking for jobs, my brother said that I had to cut my hair. And this was a, like a real, like a really strong debate with me. It took me generally a while to decide whether I was going to cut my hair or not. It had to come to the point where like, I was nigh on, I don't say, yeah, nigh on desperate to get a job. And I remember that day, well, yeah, I so I I didn't cut my hair for the I don't think I cut my hair for the meeting for, uh, for the for the interview, but I cut my hair for the first day of work. I think if I remember correctly. But you already got the job, so like, why? I don't know. Maybe I have, I have my timeline wrong, but the point is, I remember that there was a huge internal debate about whether I should actually cut my hair or not. So you ended up deciding to cut your hair yeah but i don't remember whether i cut it for the interview or whether i cut it for the first day of work okay it was do you think it was your choice no 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 you don't seem happy with it i really hate cut my hair (laughs) well i I don't don't really hate it i just i would much rather do anything else than cut my hair and it's i don't know what it is i just don't enjoy it so you cut it for the first day of work. Do you think you were going to get like fired or something if you just came in with your normal hair? I mean, clearly not no. because you had the job for a while. No, it was, it was, it was the old trope of black and really hair being unprofessional, you know, and wanting to put up a professional front. Um, and I, I get it. Even though politically, like, I was like, but this is stupid. I still fell victim to, you know, the, the thought. I mean, like, hair's always just, like, a big thing when it comes to, like, being black. Like, I think I've told you the story. Well, when I was in high school, right, there was this huge deal with me having, like, dreadlocks, right? But, like, that's not the important part of the story. The important part of the story is actually what happened afterwards. Is that, so I ended up, so my one friend, right, he had, like, the black comb over, right? So relaxed hair, comb to the one side. He, He got that when I still had my dreads. And the teachers were then, like, giving him so much guck for having like that hairstyle and he was like the only person at the time who had it at the school and they didn't know what to do with it because it was so different so they're just telling him to cut it like all the time to the point where like because to them it was unruly it wasn't like all the other white kids and then the next year after i cut my dreads i'd gotten the same thing but mine was all like it was all the boxes that they said that they didn't want it was everything they hated but Mm. when i came back it was not dreadlocks, so they literally relaxed all of the rules. Like, they stopped caring about all the rules that they had made up for that friend who they 
you know, they were giving so much shit over to the mm. point where they stopped even bugging him about it at all after they had put up all these rules. And like, they were literally bugging him like almost every week, telling him something different about his hair. But then I came and all of a sudden, because I was now looking better and neater, they had to keep me there. So they, like, they wanted to keep me at that level. So they made it as comfortable as possible for me, which meant then another person had to get comfortable treatment. I've never told you about the haircut at school. The haircuts at school? Yeah. Tell me about it. So my school, my, my high school did um, haircuts. And, well, did haircuts. Sent boys to get the haircuts. Um, <laughs> As they all do. And it was in the, it was in the, the hall, if I, remember, if I remember correctly. And I think it's happened like every Wednesday or something like that. Or no, it must have, it must, it must have happened after assembly. But... Yeah, so, uh, you know, white boys, well, not white boys, but like people with straight, with straight hair uh, went to get their hair cut. And then I remember me and uh, not, a, not a classmate, but like a grade mate, he was also black. And my, the vice principal was like, listen, these barbers can't cut your hair. And he was like, so what, so what you going to do? And, I, and we were like, nothing. Like, we're not going <laughs> to like. <laughs> They can't cut our hair. They can't cut our hair. So um, he took us into town to get our haircut, and it was it was wild, absolute wildness. Like, wait, ugh. so so did they take you to your barber? Or they just took you to some random person. They took us to some random person who'd never touched your hair before. Who never yeah never touched my hair before. Never so they touched. just they just forced all of you to cheat on your barber just like that. Well, us too, yeah. That's that's a lot. I actually don't even know how to deal with that. What? I teachers taking kids off campus. That would never happen in a private school. <laughs> but like I mean here's here's a very important part of blackness, but I think I think another well so I'm wary of, of speaking about blackness as inherently as just bad it's not like you know, there's lots of really wonderful things about being black but there are also a lot of really terrible things being black um, there's especially... good and bad with everything every intersectionality yeah. well part of your intersections hey um <laughs> but the reason i say that is because th- actually that person who who i went to the barber well was taken to the barber with he recently posted on Facebook about the names that we, that that black people would get called in my school, not yeah. my school, in my in Benoni, um, and we'd get called slurs constantly, like constantly. I'm I'm not surprised. <laughs> not just not just not the K word, or at least I didn't get the K word often. Or that I heard people get called the K word. And I and I, I admit I was both not brave enough and not aware enough of the damages. Well, I I, I knew the K word obviously, but like I didn't. I felt maybe powerless, maybe unable to protect, maybe co- uh, cowardly. You know when those things happened, but yeah, like we get called slurs in different languages, like. In Europe, in European languages, in like Portuguese, yeah. in Lebanese, 
Um, although I see, like I, I because of because of Benoni, I have a very weird relationship with Lebanon. Apparently, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, when, with, <laughs> when you find out that racism in South Africa can also be an, like a European thing. <laughs> no, no, but Lebanon, Lebanon's in Africa. No, no, but like you were saying, like Portuguese, and you're like, and like also there's Italians like in Joburg a lot as well. So like I'm just thinking like now you're hearing yeah, black I... in like Italian and Portuguese and now Lebanese as well. So like it's going all over, all over the place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I if if I go overseas, if I go to the colonies, I'll be able to you know get by on racism. Like you know I'll know when like me, but um like like not only. Like it it was it was it was really bad. Like black people would call each other slurs in other languages. We would laugh when another black person called a slur. We were like it was it was But that's a little different, right? It's like it's not malicious. Or at least it's not the same kind of malicious intent. What? I mean, like, I don't know, like it's even if like a black person like calls you like nigger, right? Like and we're allowed to say it because we're black. So, like, if another black person, like, calls you nigger, and, like, it has what people say a hard ER, right? I don't know. Like, I, I don't... Like, it doesn't feel that magnitude of maliciousness. Like, I don't feel that maliciousness. No, I, f- I feel... I'm very confused. No, no, I don't feel confused. I feel like this person is a, a, a sellout, a traitor... It could but, just be self-hating. Listen, so you can hate yourself. Don't, don't. Why are you spreading that? <laughs> don't bring that to me. No, like, black people calling other black people slurs of European languages that, that you don't speak. That suggests a real need to survive, for one, but also a real, um, like you say, in self-hatred that, that, creates an external hatred you know like like a you hate the color of your skin so you'll hurt other people that look like you you know yeah i know that sucks and like that that's that's kind of a thing that 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 i've been dealing with lately um just the endless amount of like i took i took you to 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 and you saw like it's it's it raises the last day I mean, it is, but, like, I also don't want a virtue signal as well because, like, I've been recently realizing, like, it's not fair for me to... Well, I mean, it is... I can say that the racism there doesn't... Like, it's very different. Like, it feels harder. But that obviously doesn't mean that, like, Joburg is better. Yeah, no, no, no. No, definitely. I don't want to, like, suggest that... That it's bit anyway, like racism. I think bad. it's just it's more concentrated in Joburg and less concentrated in like a place like Benoni. That's the difference. In Joburg, oftentimes you'll go to those places where they'll call you the K word, whereas like in Benoni, it could just happen anywhere on the streets. Anyway, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely anyway. Like you could be in your house and all of a sudden there's a white person there, and now K word, and then. Now they're gone. <laughs> Whereas, like in Joburg, you would have to invite a racist into your house. Yeah, I suppose that's why. That's why I'm kind of 
I try to be more understanding with with black people. Have you ever been called a K word? Directly, yes, once, and indirectly, once. But that's but that's that's. I think a lot of that is because I. I think for a long time I was kind of the good black, just in the sense like because I wasn't. I didn't got my. I I didn't got my. I didn't. I, I tried not to be. Um, racist but wait what happened for you to be co- like i'm obviously not saying you did anything but like i'm trying to understand like what happened in the situation where you got called the k word oh um i was holding my white girlfriend's hand and walking in the street um and this is this is recently this is like two oh you ago. told me about this I remember. Yeah. And and she didn't hear, right? Huh? And she didn't hear it, did she? No, she didn't. But also also the person was speaking Afrikaans and she doesn't speak Afrikaans very well. So she um she didn't get it. um and the the other the, the, the other time I was in I was in sub subs for History, no, for some class, as in service, basically. And some guy was playing with his Rubik's Cube. And I think, I think, like, he gave it to me to see. And then I think I, I started, like, seeing if the colors will peel off, I think. Or maybe I was playing with the blocks. Yeah. And then he's like, uh, don't be okay. Uh-huh. Like, what? <laughs> so I just a casual <laughs> drop. Like it's not a big deal. Yeah. So so I I broke I try I I tried to break the the Rubik's cube. Did you break it? Um uh, I think so. I don't know. Rubik's cube. Do you feel better? Oh, easy to break. No. <laughs> yeah, no, of course it wouldn't. I mean, I I know. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't know. I I don't even know, dude. Like the K word is just so. It's such a hard chat. I think here in South Africa to have, because, like, you can be called like the N word, for example, and like that still stings. Like it stings a lot. But like the K word, it's just it's it's some other. Like, it's just some other hurt. I learned I learned that word in prime in primary school. God, and, <laughs> wait, primary school. Yeah, I'm I'm so sorry. And a guy, a, an ex friend of mine, said it, or maybe his dad said it, and I was like, "What is that?" And we looked it up, and I remember I just didn't. I didn't get it. I was like, <laughs> "You were like, huh, what? Racism? No, no, no. I, I, I didn't it, because the definition, the, the definitions that you get are non-believer, right? So, oh, I was hectic. like, what? What's going on? Like, why does this Christian man care whether I believe in Allah or not? I don't <laughs> understand. 
Wait, so the, so the K word in the dictionary, because I know like it doesn't, it's not Afrikaans, right? What is it? They they say it's Arabic. Um, <laughs> what? Um, yeah, they say it's Arabic. <laughs> and then the Dutch were like, mine. So it's an Arabic word, right? And in South Africa, it's basically a Dutch slur towards black people. That means non-believer. Like the root word is basically non-believer. So that means like if you look it up yeah. in like your so if you look it up in your average dictionary, right? Your average dictionary, chances are it probably says like non-believer. So a kid could be called so literally someone could be called the K-word and have no idea what that means, be told the correct spelling, go look it up, and have zero context as to what it actually means. Well, I mean, but I mean that's why that's why I hate I hate denotation and that's why I hate denotation. No one uses it. It's stupid. Um like nigger means black in yeah. some I think Italian or some some language. Like it just means black. Like But at least like and, that at least that links back to like what its intended target is, right? Like a black person. I suppose. But uh, well no, because it makes sense, because if you're a non believer, you the black savages don't believe in God. I mean, it says non-believer, whereas like there's a word like it could say heathen. Like that would make more sense. It just says non-believer. It doesn't say heathen. I don't know. I'm just like thinking like six-year-old Nazi must have been so confused when he like when he went into a dictionary. I mean, you did say you're confused. So wait, so what happened after you went into the dictionary and like looked it up? Well, I just I just didn't understand what was happening. I was like, oh. Did you okay. not go talk to someone? No. Who, who would I speak to? The white person that just said the K-word? Or it's the son that is learning from this father? Like, what? who do I speak to? A and teacher? Then, and like, a parent? Your parent? And because the word didn't mean... No, I'll, I'll say no, but at, at, at the friend's house. And because the word didn't mean... So you were in that me, house the whole day? Yeah. Dude, listen. <laughs> no, like... Listen, 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 listen. I've, I've, broke, I've broken bread with racism. <laughs> so like, you had literally. to stay over. Yeah, but remember, I didn't know what the word meant. To me, it's no, just... No, no. I understand. I just... Yeah. I'm just, like, thinking, like, in hindsight, you must be like, what the hell just happened? Maybe after this podcast, I'll, I'll, I'll start thinking about that. But, like, now I'm like... Obviously, like what? What do you expect? My friend was oh. white. It is funny. What? What do you want? <laughs> I'm shook. I mean, like, yeah, my own exposure to like the K word. Um, well, I have like two big ones that I remember. I love. Okay, I I love my hometown. I'm as 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 uh, Kule will tell you. I'm just working through a lot of emotions that I've been feeling okay. for like a long time. Um, and like I'm back in a lot of trauma, but like I remember how I would be shocked when a when a person wasn't racist. Not shocked, but I'd be surprised when they weren't racist. And then I'd be even more surprised when that white person dated a black person. Like, <laughs> like to see a white person 
friends with the black person and treat the black person with respect. Wildness to me. Wild. Like, I saw it sometimes, but wildness. I guess like, it must have been shocking to just hear a white person be like, you know what? I would date black people. That must have been like woke levels for you. Yeah, no, it was. Great. Like, not even joking. It, it really was. Like, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Wow. This person is progressive. That's insane. That's actually not that's like, so insane. Not someone, not, not someone that has dated a black person, just someone that says they would. Yeah, I mean, like, I know, like, when I was at school, like, in high school specifically, like, there was a lot of people that would say that they just wouldn't date a black... Like, a lot of white people that would say that they wouldn't date a black person. At that point, you're just like, oh, it's preference. Also, because you don't understand what preference means. We genuinely don't, as, a, as high schools. Neither do the teachers. But I was always so confused because, like, as the horny teenagers we are, right? Like, I just was like, dude, if you can make out with more people, especially because, like, I wasn't even thinking, like, about the queerness of it, right? I was like, if you can make out with more girls, why wouldn't you want to date a black person? I That was where I was coming from. Like, it didn't make sense from that level. But I was like, okay, fine. You know what? Screw Screw your chances of making out with more people. And, like, now those people are actually dating, in, in, like, dating black people. Like, they're in interracial relationships. Like, wonderful, beautiful, apparently having fruits, self-development for both people, mutual growth and admiration from both of them type of, like, relationships. See, that's why, that's why I said Joe, Joe Book's races are weak. <laughs> they, they can be push, they're pushovers. Yeah, stick to your guns. I think it's just because, like, you're kind of forced to move past some of your shit and joke. If you say you won't date a black person, and the only people who listen to rap music in your immediate space are black, what must happen? Let's maybe pivot away from the sad oh, part yeah. of blackness. Like, there's a happy part as well. Okay, because I asked you, like, what's the hardest thing to explain? What's, like the thing that you can always tell someone is great about being black. What, what's always really good about being black is being able... Okay, okay. there's going to sound virtual signaling, but... And please check me if it is. But genuinely, and I've, told, and I've told this many times, my favorite thing is to watch black people having fun. Seeing black people laugh, tell each other the jokes. If you hit the club... 11 right yeah drinks are just starting to fill the body vibes are, start, are starting to happen now before, people are dancing the music is pumping people are on rhythm that is so beautiful like that it's a joy that i'm not sure white people can experience um because like when i think of women having fun and i love seeing women have fun like I love seeing black women have fun, but like seeing a woman have fun is it feels distant in a way. Like it feels yeah. like I'm like I have to. You think. can't relate. Yeah, I can't. I can't relate as yeah. I can't. I can't relate as as immediately. So when I see black people having fun, when I see black women having fun, oh my god, yo, yo, and black queer people when when they, when they're having fun. It's the most delightful thing in the world. And, like, I've, n- I've never seen, like, 
because when it's just black men, it becomes aggressive, right? When yeah. it's um, when it's just black men and well, when it's just straight people, it never like nothing wrong with with a little bit of sexiness, but inevitably leads to a lot of sexiness, which is fine. But after a while, like it's boring. But when it's like the whole community, everyone dancing together, when like there's people trying to have sex in this corner, there's like a circle of uh, queer people just having a, a ball in this corner. There's women over here just breaking it down and then groups intermingle. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I, I'd agree. Like, I think it is like really nice to just be in like really fun black spaces. In, like, a way that's very different to be, like, in, quote-unquote, fun white spaces. Um, but, like... Well, yeah, because I'd rather... I'd, 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 I'd rather talk about uh, Migos than, like, I don't know, Mac DeMarco, you know? That's true. I mean, also, I think, like, it's also just, like, the, the, the like, fun you can have from having just a conversation about, like, the, like, about, like, the Migos. And like how woke they are and how like they're revolutionary people just as a casual chat that comes up no you see because because you come with these with these with these hot takes i'm i'm i yes there for the vibe i'm just there for the vibe like i'm just there for like just talking complete nonsense like but like silly nonsense not not like high but that's like, my not, not, silly like, nonsense no i know i know and it's good fun but i mean like when people are just, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm being overly nostalgic. But no, nah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like all the like best dance moves and all the best like. I mean, it has been a while, so you're probably just like wanting to be back there right now. Listen, I must groove. I think, I think, I think that's basically what I'm trying to say. I must groove, guys. I'm not like a Brum person, but I'm not gonna lie. Brum might be the first place I hit. Great Dane. You see, Great Dane. It's just something about it that like makes me feel uncomfortable. I've had this comfort with you. It's just like this overwhelming sense of like, like blackness that I don't feel a part of that comes from Great Dane. Mm. And I think it's like, it's probably just because like it's only black people there. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's just like, I'm, I've just been around spaces that like aren't exclusively black that I don't even know how to handle that, like, at all. For me, like, internally. That, like, now mm. when I'm there and I see people having fun, dude, I, I, I genuinely want to be a part of that because I, I can just see the joy, like, the joy coming from everyone. But I have mm. to remove myself because I don't want to bring anyone down when I'm there. I will say, like, I really... Okay, apparently, apparently this tends to trip, to trip advisor quickly. Um, I really... <laughs> I really love Great Dane, but you have to be very, very drunk to go there for me. Like, yeah, because because the, because it's packed. It's always always packed. But like when you're when you're really drunk and you're just you're there, you know, you're like you've been partying for a little bit, but now you need the next level. Great Dane is the place. But if you're less drunk, you should go to the place next door to it. Kitchen. The place? No, not kitchen. Other side. The banister. Banister. Venice is great if you're like. That's for my parents. Now I'm like, that's for bullies. That's for those dads is trying to pick up the. The well, ladies. I don't know. Yes, I think. This bottle is always I, being popped there. There's bottles. 
But Banisters is fun because it's like it's got that same kind of chaotic energy as Great Dane, but there's less people, so you can breathe. That's true. I mean, I think like that's why like a lot of older people go to places like Taboo in the Sands is because like there's people there, but like it's not too many where it's overwhelming. Like the places we go to as young people. Like, mm. I know, like, a lot of, like, people who are, like, I'm more mature. I want to go to those places. I genuinely don't think so. It's probably just because you have space to breathe. And, like, you you can see the people who you came with and want to talk to. Whereas, like, if you go to, like, Great Dane, you can't. Like, you can turn around one time and your friends will get disappeared. Completely. Like, I remember, you, you, ba- you barely have the space that your body takes up. Because <laughs> on top of each other like there's technically no such thing as like personal space and like i wouldn't even say like it's like a great day it's all places that like us people our age go to you don't have the time to breathe yeah yeah i mean so since we're talking about like partying right i want to quickly like talk about this because this is something that i genuinely love talking about whenever i get a chance it's like white clubs and like black clubs I love talking about the difference between these two where basically like black clubs are clubs that you go to and the culture there is buying a bottle and sitting at a table or like ordering a table that comes with a bottle and like having your own space and like just chilling. Right. Whereas like Mm. white club, white club culture is like you go to the bar and buy individual drinks. If we want shots, we go to the bar and buy shots. Whereas like at a black club, it will be like the bottles there, pour yourself shots. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, there's a very different culture i'm not saying like there aren't white or black people in either space i'm just saying like predominantly the people okay so give me an example of of a black club uh so so uh so we're in grahamstown right um Mm. prime versus friars okay yeah that's i thought as well in Joburg, I would literally say, uh, I would literally even say like um, Great Dane versus like Toy Toy. And Toy Toy is the white. White, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not for whites. It's just that the people who are there are predominantly white. No, definitely. When I think of Toy Toy, I, I mean, or maybe not. Okay, okay. Actually, a better example: um, Great Dane and Jolly Rogers. Yes. Okay. That yes. Now it's clear. Like, because they're the same uh, kind of they're the same kind of club, but in different places. Like, but like different target markets. Yeah, and both make me feel sad in different ways. <laughs> but uh, Johnny's makes me very very sad, all the time. I, you know me. I it's, I like Jolly's, but it might have to do more with like. There's a lot of people who I went to school with that go there. And yeah, they so, almost always happen to be white. <laughs> I I was joking before, but I, I really like how this has turned into TripAdvisor. <laughs> I mean, I think so. Like, but also like I'm I'm also trying to explain like for my TripAdvisor as to why you go to this place and why you go to that place and why they're different. Because like I I know people who go to both Great Dane and Jolly's and love both of those places. Cool. For very different reasons. 
Uh, I'm not naming names because we don't do that here. <laughs> uh, I'm not putting people on blast. Put them on <laughs> huh? Yeah, put them on afterwards. Uh, I'll tell you later. Um, but yeah. but like like you go for like at at so like at Dane, there's people sitting there with like their buckets of like Heineken, Hunters, and all of that, right? They have like their select stash there that they bought from the bar. Whereas you go to somewhere mm. like Jolly's. You, you keep going to the bar every time you want a new drink or you have a tab and you order from the tab, right? Like it's not a pre-established community bought thing. Mm. I even know like from the difference, like from the difference of even like before going, right? Is that whenever I go to like places like, like white places with my white friends a lot of the time, it's like, it's very much like a thing of, do you have your money? And I have my money, right? Like, it's never a chat of, like, what's our game plan when it comes to drinking after pre-drinks. But when you go to, like, a black club, it's very much like, oh, like, how much are you putting in for the bottle? Hmm. So that's interesting. I have, I, I don't think I've ever been a, once, um, have I been a part of a group that buys a bottle. But, um. Were they black? Well, Colored actually. Same um, thing. <laughs> see, no, a hot no. take. <laughs> well, yeah, a wrong take also. And I like. I mean, Pico black. Of... I mean, people of color. Oh, it's a people of color wow. thing. Really, 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 <laughs> really uh, backtracking there. Trying to trying to beat Balls Balls record by backtracking. I I gotta try when I can here. <laughs> I'm not. I'm I'm always wrong. But when I am wrong, I always try to correct it. <laughs> um, no, well, so that's so that's 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 another thing, right? So, um, there's this phrase that I hate that I hate, which is embrace the hyphen. I just hate it because it sounds corny. But um, it, 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 I like a colored group of people. We're just, I just like we just hang out differently to how black people hang out. Do That's you know? fair. That's completely fair. Like, like, I remember there was I went to a friend's house in Grahamstown, and it was we like we we were only colored people in that house, and it just it felt like it felt like home. Did you know, like. It felt like, yeah, it felt like home. It felt like, and like I like, we can talk about things, you know, and like, but not like not just talk about things as in like black things. Like we can we can talk about black things, but we can talk about like colored things. You know, we can talk about how like 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 Roy like Roy Cook. We can talk about um, stop chips. And we can talk, about, you know, and like 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 um, we can we can talk about just just a, a few days ago. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure if if you guys do it, but um, I, I I I went to go buy some clothes, um, and when I got home, my brother was like, "Go try it on." Like, well, like like let's let's see what 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 it looks like in it. My mom does that all the time. To model for us. I remember that as a kid so much, and like I remember, like my parent my parents used to do that all the time, and like. I always had like specific music that they had to play for me to do it. And it was every time they did it, it was Michael Jackson. <laughs> and I'd come out with like my new clothes and like full on Michael. 
playing, like blaring in the background, and me just like pulling out those Michael Jackson moves. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, 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 like I don't. Colors are black, but I think there's a way that we interact that like, yeah, it just it feels different, you know. I think just for clarity is like, because this I'm gonna say this with like no explanation needed is that like Nati, you are both like black and colored and like that's the conversation now we're done i just wanted for like clarity mm. yeah 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 i am yeah okay so well we're gonna be getting to the end of this podcast too i'm soon there's like two things i really wanted to talk about right and like the first one was like black only conversations and the two kinds of black only conversations you usually get and like how you feel like okay well first let me ask you like how do you feel about the concept of black only conversations um i think i think they're useful i think they're important i think they should be checked but I also, uh, I think Black-only conversations shouldn't lock the door. It should maybe maybe close the door, but don't like lock, you know? So like if someone wants to come in, they can come in, but like, you're not talking. So you don't think like you should, like, so you think like when a white person comes in and it's a conversation where one Black person is calling out another Black person or like talking about a Black issue and a white person comes in, that they should just carry on like nothing happened instead of like stopping it. If a white if 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 you and I are talking about Black Lives Matter, and a white and a white person decides that their input is important, like like so important that it's worth stopping our conversation. I mean, okay, Sorry. I haven't I haven't even gotten there yet. I'm talking about like we're just chatting, right? You me, we're talking BLM out here. Amanda, Amanda, all of it, you know? And then, like, a white person comes and joins us. Do we just stop talking the way that we were talking? Do we change it up? Or do we just carry on just fully embracing what's, like, what we were chatting about? So it's like, stop talking, change a little, or just carry on? I don't think we should stop talking. I think that's, that's, yeah, I don't stop talking. Um, but uh, but I think we should try to not tailor our conversation to the new person in in it, you know, like oh, to the white person that's sitting in it, you know, like if they if they're out of sorts, okay, they're out of sorts. They're like they're eavesdropping, they're eavesdropping on a conversation that's not for them, um, or that doesn't require them, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. This concept always confuses me because, like. A lot of the time, I don't know when it's a black-only conversation mode. Like, sometimes you'll literally be around only black people, right? And all of a sudden, you realize, like, oh, no, we shouldn't be talking about this here because there's so many white people. And I'll be like, what? It's it's confusing. Because sometimes, like, you won't know when is that time. Or when, well, at least I won't know when is that time or when isn't that time. Oh, no, I don't know about, I, I, I don't know. There's conversations like that, like, 
when you're in a white space and you start having black conversations, they're like, oh no, don't let the whites hear. I'm not sure that's unless unless you're talking about like it's not just BLM. Like I, I think there's a lot of things. So an example is like um because this is like a lot more public now, right? It's like a couple years ago, you couldn't outright say as a black person, or at least like it wasn't tactful as a black person to just be like burn down everything in white spaces. You could you, like you you just wouldn't say that. Well, I think I think I think it depends what kind of quote unquote what kind of black person you want to be. Like if you're someone that's radical that knows that the system has to burn down and it doesn't have time for white people shit. I think I think I think I think that I think that's this that's where I'm moving towards like I'm moving towards uh, uh, like like I'll always listen I'm, I, I'm always you know always open ears but I'm also moving towards just not having time for white people shit you know and yeah like um I'm not sure if I answered your question I, I think like that's part of the conversation right it's like a lot of the time, like people will just be like, dude, don't talk about that around white people because you don't have time for their nonsense. And like, that's just like, uh, there's no point in listening or them being involved because it leads nowhere. Or there's no point in them being involved because they just distract. Like there's a list of reasons as to like, why don't include them? To me, like the two kind of conversations I have here is like conversations that white people are invited to and the ones that they aren't. So the ones where you come, you listen, sometimes you toss a bunch of questions out there and I'm talking constructive conversations, not the ones where they interrupt. Right. I'm talking about like, here's your work, white friend. This is John and he's coming through and he's trying to be the best white ally he can be. Right. And like, mm. even him, there's sometimes you're not going to include him in conversations because you're scared he's going to weaponize it. So you don't talk about that around him. And then there's other conversations where, where like you invite John but like it's a very different kind of conversation to when he's not around. Well, I think I think I think the the so reference list and um Fusion's Fall were where I learned everything, like where I saw well, especially reference list. Reference list for me was the most radical, best example of what a protest could be, should and should be, right? Uh, black women led, um, often black queer women led, um, kind of decentralized, but with a with a with a loose authorial body, you know, like someone that, that we can point towards and be like, or look look towards and be like, okay, that's where the meeting should go, you know, um, and when I think about the meeting that we have. Black people would speak and speak and speak, and then a white person would say something, and then the group would see whether that comment was necessary. You know what I'm saying? Or not necessary, but like was 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 worth the time. If it's not worth the time, then shut you down. If it is worth the time, then 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 don't talk about it. You know? Yeah, I mean, like I think in that space, because at the end of the day, those spaces are very political, and like I don't mean like political in terms of like identity or like affiliation it's more like affiliation like there was those white people you always just gave the time of day to and then there's those white people who you were just like who are you even if they said something like worth value i think the same thing applied to black people there was 
quite a few, specifically at Rhodes, where there was like some white people who would say nonsense. At least I thought it was nonsense. And like everyone would just keep quiet and like give them all the attention. And then there'd be some white people saying like really important stuff and like everyone would just be ignoring them. I don't know. That's not that's not my memory of it. Maybe maybe it did happen, but that but that that's not that's like my my memory of it. But I I do also romanticize it. I I must admit, my memory of it. That's fine. Romance is important. It is. Um, I mean, like like, romanticize without forgetting the incredible hurt, pain (laughs) that happened. You know, that yeah, that happened and that caused it. Um, but I, I remember it being that sort of place where if you spoke, you were heard. I mean, obviously sometimes we were too rowdy to be, to be, to listen. Um, but in theory, most of, like most of the time, if you spoke, you were heard. If we liked what you said, we took it on board. If we didn't, we dismissed it. And we gave more credence, more listening power, more listening attentiveness to black queer women um you know it's it's just a lot but like i like obviously i'm happy with the experience it was really wonderful and enlightening and this is a good segue because like a lot of like police were involved and like this is the last section i want to like deal with before we wrap here we up. go here we go because here here go. Go. it ha- we have to talk about we have to talk about the police right um it's like so i have a bunch of questions here that i'll ask but i think like i should ask this question first it's like do you like remember the first time what everyone was telling you about black lives not mattering to police like when that became a reality for you like that first incident where you either saw a black person be like victimized by a policeman or like you were victimized by a policeman um in memory yeah so my 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 brother is zim and he was i remember he was stopped by the cops and they wanted a bribe from him and they they made it they told him that he should have his passport on him at all times, or like his papers on him at all times. And I'm not sure if that's, I'm not sure that's the truth. I'm pretty I don't sure think it matters. Sure. I don't think it actually matters if it's the truth. Because like, yeah. they wouldn't ask the same for a white person who is foreign. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even uh, at the time, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking about like, wow, we really don't care about, about, um, Black people, like uh, black, black people and and foreign nationals, eh? Yeah. Like really are, and like and that was relatively. If you see how the cops treats, um, on uh, honestly, people that are poorer, because we're we're middle class. Yeah. If you see how how, how cops treat, um, foreign nationals who are poorer, it's disgusting. Very disgusting. No, like I agree, it's very disgusting. But like the first time that I realized that cops don't care about black people in the sense of black lives matter, 
so the first time that I knew that cops didn't care about the people about people yeah. about people that weren't protected under the law as they should be was that incident with my brother-in-law but the but the instance that I knew but like I knew that the cops didn't care about black people as Kanye says who hmm. um was when he oh was what was during the references protest and when the police in the police just went out the way to terrify and terrorize armless often clothless um people shot at them arrested them really just didn't just didn't give just didn't care about that that like yeah like when you see a line of women with their shirts off with the written on them we we are we like my body my choice and they scream crying at you to stop hurting them and then yeah. you still you actively choose to hurt them just because of private property nah miss me with that yeah and then the media just straight up just sexualized them for something that was like clearly a problematic thing yeah i just remember hearing like people like the main thing that they saw when they like saw the articles being read was commenting on like oh look they're topless i would love to get a piece of that type of yeah. like chats yeah and like that that really really that i i told i told i told you a few weeks ago like that radicalized me against the police like like emotionally that 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 radicalized me against it because I just I don't know how you can do that. And like and then bringing um rhinos like apartheid era uh vehicles to come handle students again. I have to stress often clothesless. Yeah. Like have shirts like and uh. at the bare minimum they were like unarmed. And like now you're bringing through like tanks, actual tanks. Like the only thing that that they that they were armed with is like rhythm, you know, and <laughs> the vibes, the vibes, yeah. Like the, the <laughs> <laughs> they were that's true. Loaded vibes. That's 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 the worst. Um, I just remember. So like my one friend, he's a really close friend. Um, during like the fees was four. protest he was holding up a sign was like if hogwarts can give away free education why can't we and i thought that was the most hilarious thing true and like that's one of the most elite schools in the world i'm a ravenclaw <laughs> anyway so yeah so like what about you have you like experienced any i mean obviously i know because we've we've had some situations <laughs> together um have you like experienced any like police altercations of no fault of you you know not really um i think i think that that because i'm again because i'm i'm more class and so just um, the private security thing the pro- basically yeah but um the i was thinking of a time me and the co-founder of pots hala um we were in port alfred 
and I did kind of like a wrong like a wrong turn because I didn't stand the road, and the cop and like you know cops woo woo woo, um, and they're like what what's 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 going on here? I'm like oh sorry I just didn't I just didn't stand, and then and then he looked at me and he was like, okay, and then he went on by, and. Khala said, and I, I still remember this, this is four, five years ago, and I still remember it. Khala was like, you know, if you didn't, if if if, if you didn't have an, 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 uh, your your accent, uh, it, this would be more 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 difficult. Like this would be something would have happened. Like that's it, a lot, this, this, this 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 wouldn't happen so easily. And like that's that's a lot. That's like that's a, a wildness, a wild thing to happen. That's crazy. So the first time I ever like dealt with police was actually in my own neighborhood. Cause you know, my neighborhood, it's relatively like well off. It's very middle-class mm. at the very minimum, but it's like right next to, um, an area which like is considered to like not be nearly as affluent. So like it's next to Yovo. It's associated with crime and a whole bunch of other things that like happens with the predominantly black area. And so my friend was having a party at his house and me and my other black friend, we went to that party and we decided to walk because like we didn't have money for an Uber and we had alcohol, but we didn't have the money for Uber and an alcohol. So we just decided to walk down the road and walk back home. So we went to the party, we had a good time and then we we're going to go back home. Also, my area has like, it's boomed off. So it's pretty solidly like secure because the police also go up and down and so do private security. So now we're walking from my friend's house. We're two roads away from his house, literally just two roads away. And a police car comes up to us and we're right next to the security warehouse by the entrance into the gated off community, right? The police is there and the security guards can see that the police are there. The police guy he stops the car, rolls down his window. He's like, oh, what are you guys doing? Well, obviously a lot more aggressive. He's like, what are you guys doing here? And I'm like, oh no, we just came from a party at my friend's house. You can see the lights over there. He's like, oh, okay. What do you have in the bag? And I was like, because I also know my rights. I'm like, I don't need to tell you. Hmm. And then does the man not start opening his door? Like in an aggressive way. He opens, and also, like, I'm a high school kid at this point, right? So, obviously, I was underage and, like, having alcohol. But that's not necessarily, like, what I was scared of. So, yeah, it was, it was more of, like, the idea that, like, I didn't actually know that what people said is true until, like, that specific moment. Obviously, like, you hear all these stories, but you don't mm. know how real it is until it happens to, like, you or you see it, like, so close up to you. And so he like then opens his door just slightly, right? And like I can see it's aggressive. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I don't want anything to happen because at that point I'd read enough to know like police can be violent against people when they don't listen to them. So mm. I open my bag up and we have like alcohol in there, right? And one of those bottles. So the guy's like, oh, what do you have there? And he's like, and I'm like, I show him what's in the bag. And I'm like, it's alcohol. I'm like, yeah, but like, we're going home. And he's like, okay. So then he now then ends up stepping out the car. Oh, no, he doesn't actually end up stepping out the car. So he's like, okay. He checks the bottles through the window. And one of them is open. And he straight up just dumps the alcohol out in front of me. And like, 
I shit you not, I was so pissed. Like in hindsight, I like I always thought I was pissed at the fact that like he wasted alcohol, but I think I was more upset at the fact that this man violated my space and then got rid of my own personal property just because he wanted to. Mm. And like from that point, I never wanted to like deal mm. with police. And like the security guard was right there, and that security guard knows me because I visited my friend all the time, and he just watched the whole thing go down. Yeah, I mean, say what, 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 what's he gonna do? Like, what, what happens does he? No, like I don't blame him. It's just like, on some level, because security guards, at least how we like talk about, or at least how like we think of them, is like they are basically the first line of defense and then police come. So at least they should have some kind of rapport with, like, or at least able to have some kind of rapport with police. Yeah, I never thought that. Like, the security police always... They, they always... They didn't scare me more, but they, were more, they, they always seemed like cops that couldn't be cops and so are now overcompensating. That's just kind of like the vibe that I've always gotten from them, you know? I, I I have no evidence for that, but that's just the vibe that I always get from, from them. They have guns, and, like, I don't know normal people who have guns, and the only people I know who have guns are police. So I just always associate to the same thing. Hmm. Like, your average person in South Africa doesn't have a gun. Thank God. <laughs> yes. And so, like, the only people who I know who have guns, like, literally, even in, like, because... People don't really go out of their way to go and have buy guns and register them. Also, it's so hard to buy a gun in South Africa. It's actually yeah, really ridiculously hard. Yeah, like, it's not illegal to own it, but it's really hard to find one and buy one. It's really, it's, it's, it's really hard. Well, I, it's easy not to find one and buy one. It's difficult to get it registered. No, it's I actually get- not. It's not that hard to get it registered, per se. It's just, like, obviously, we have checks and balances. But, like, I think the appropriate amount of checks and balances... When I say like, like for me, it's not hard because like the random, like the the average person in South Africa could go and buy a gun and register it without ease, except for paperwork. Hmm. Basically, what, what I hear us both saying is that we don't know anything about guns in South Africa besides the fact that we're anti-guns, just in general, just on principle. Yeah. And that security guards somehow are able to just circumvent that. that. <laughs> yeah. Also, there's, there's, um, I suppose it's kind of, uh, Trevor and I have spoken about, about this, about our cops just being, or at least on our emergency services being unreliable. And I think, I think what that does, what that did to, for me at least, is it kind of put me at a distance because I don't, but I don't think of calling the cops first when something <laughs> happens. And yeah. Like, because I'm like, okay, this is gonna take forever. Like, I need to call the cops, but this is gonna like, who knows when they're gonna come? That's um, true. You only call them if it's like an absolute emergency. Yeah, I even try. I even try to avoid them. Like, I wish I didn't have to get aff- affidavits, so I would never have to go there. But <laughs> I see them way more often than I wish I would. Yeah. Um, what's the person who like does that, like who stamps things? If I had like one of those people, because you don't have mm. to go to the police, you can also go to someone who does the stamping. 
if yeah. I could just go to that person, I would do it so much more there. Apparently, the post office does it, but the post office is horrible. Oh, wait, we don't have one anymore, right? We do. No, no, that's America. They recently got rid of their postal service. Well, getting rid of, not got, not like in the process of getting rid of it, but not. Yeah. I think like the thing, I think this is actually one thing I wanted to like just quickly mention is like, also the huge problem is like people in South Africa a lot of the time think that like the police are the same as American police. Like they work similarly. They just don't at all. First, they they accept a shit ton more bribes. So (laughs) that's one thing. No, sorry. So is it just just uh stick? St- remember your point. But that's another reason why, like, I I don't consider like I only see cops as as adversarial because because <laughs> I, I know that that bribes, you know. Like yeah, I, it's more of a nuisance. There's they're more of a nuisance. Yeah, like they're more. They're to me, they're more of. The people that like are looking to put you in jail or make money off of you, and like, I don't, I don't need that for my for my public officials. Yeah, I'm just thinking like I remember like being with my dad, and we were talking about this, and like he we were talking about like bribes and about like how the police a lot of the time because so many of them accept bribes and like so many I'm not gonna say a majority I'm not gonna even say like there's just a lot like they're significant enough right that when you get stopped. And like there is a problem with your car or you are in the wrong, they're very much a middleman to whether or not you don't pay anything or you pay far less than what you should be paying in terms of like holding you legally accountable. Like you don't mm-hmm. ever pay the amount that the government finds you. You always pay less than that, which can either be a very small amount of like whatever it would be. So if it's like 5,000 Rand for a broken taillight, I don't know how much a broken taillight is. You'd pay like a hundred Rand and then Mm. you're on your way. Or you could just talk them out of it because at the end of the day, you know, they don't give a fuck about their job. Also, they're just an inconvenience. I don't know if I should be saying this on here because I feel like it might I can cut it out. But cops also like, and that's what this 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 speaks to just how hard it is financially for everyone in South Africa. But like cops are really cheap. Yes, like, South African cops don't get paid nearly enough. So like to bribe them is it's cheap a bonus. Enough. Yeah, and like that that's really awful. And like we should we shouldn't pay our cops more. We should defund the police. Well, no. Well, we should, yeah, maybe we should defund the police. I don't know. I need to do some more research into South African policing. It sounds like to me, like, you either, like, we should pay them really, like, we should pay them really well, or we should just take away from the entire police service. Yeah. I think we should pay public, basically, I think we should pay public servants really well. Well, pretty well, you know, like, enough to survive and not have to take bribes. Yeah. Especially here in South Africa. There's so many bribes everywhere. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so the other thing is like, so they accept bribes, right? Which is the first level. And then there's the second level of like, the accountability measures here are not nearly the same as like in America, right? So you do actually have the right to like film them and record them. But the levels of police brutality in South Africa are like so high 
that the mere threat of it stops people from doing that, the police will literally grab your phone, smash it, and now you have no access to that. Which then also like leads to the second thing is like the problem with how America deals with like their courts and stuff when it comes to like releasing stuff publicly is that public things, so things in the public don't affect how, like they don't affect anything in the courtroom. Whereas like when I had a case with a police officer back a while ago, the lawyer that who was doing my case was like, you shouldn't release anything out into the public because it could potentially affect your case in court. So we can't even get like social justice while our court case is going on. Really? Yeah. Sure. A lot of lawyers recommend, here in South Africa, a lot of lawyers recommend not releasing. So if you do the court case first, right? And then you have the material to show the damaging footage. They recommend not releasing it out into the public. Hmm. That's interesting. A lot of people miss that. And like, that's the thing that like stops police brutality from like having an effect in America is because they have the court case. They deal with the court case. And like, if that fails, they had the backup measure of having it out there in the spotlight. Isn't isn't a lot of the police brutality cases that that's happened in South Africa because it's been recorded? I know that there's definitely someone that's been recorded. I don't I don't remember who. I don't think Collins was was Collins wasn't recorded, eh? No, it wasn't. But that's the thing is like if you think about like how many how how many of those situations have probably been recorded that you wouldn't that aren't like we like we watch so much American news and stuff that it's almost inconceivable that people don't believe that recording it and then publishing it should be an option mm. yeah i don't know i don't i don't honestly honestly i don't i, I, I don't know about enough about the matter to like speak seriously or yeah speak seriously on it and yeah like if you if and me it'd be fine but like this is a public forum you know i feel like okay that's fair the questions I did actually want to ask you, though, which I think you've answered, were basically, like, you clearly have, like, we clearly both have, like, a negative perception or kind of approach to the police. But do you think, like, we still should respect them? You should respect them in the same way that you respect someone with a gun. Out of fear? <laughs> yeah. I don't... I don't... Because because just because I I really don't believe in I I really don't like the police like I think I I don't see I don't see anything that they do that can't be done by someone else besides police brutality. <laughs> you know? the the only thing that they have a specific function in society for is police brutality. I mean I. Speaking right now, I I can't see another another investigating case. But I mean, like you don't you don't need a police per se. You can, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe that. But uh, but you can you can create a new system in which you can investigate cases without using a quote unquote police. You know. Um. But I don't know. I I don't I. I don't, yeah, at this present moment, I don't see any, any purpose for them besides police brutality. Yeah. Like, they don't, they don't, 
help with murder cases. I mean, they, I'm sure they they'll say that they do the best they can. I'm sure, they I'm sure they feel that way. Maybe they do. They don't help with domestic abuse cases. I know secondhand. They don't help with rape cases. Our references prove that, and women constantly speaking out about how this is true proves that. Um, they like what I don't understand. Like I don't know what their purpose is besides unless unless you can you 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 can help like crowd control. I, you can get bounces for that. Like I I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. No one feels shit when a bouncer beats them up and kicks them out. Yeah, and like like they understand that that's the purpose of a bouncer. Yeah, I suppose you could say maybe a police could be held accountable, but how many police officers? abuse their partners and get away with it how many like that's true all all the police brutality i haven't i have personally haven't heard of one arrest you know i just i don't see what their purpose is but i'm open (laughs) to be challenged i'm not the person who's going to challenge this (laughs) because chances because like the only people who i genuinely i think the thing here is like we don't hear enough about like from police in South Africa, like we don't. Everything we hear is Becky Kwele. We don't hear police commissioners and chiefs. And Becky's Ache. I would genuinely love to hear from more police chiefs, from like sergeants, like on the media. We don't. Like in South Africa, you don't hear from those people. Mm. I mean, I want a more direct line of communication. And it sucks because I'm, I'm never going to hear from like the actual cop who does the horrible things. But, like, at least someone in that station. I'm not saying it fixes anything, but at least it would, like, I'd hear what their actual excuse is. Incompetence, dude. Or, because, and, okay, I want, I, want, I want to make this clear. I'm not saying that our police are incompetent because they're black. Because I know, <laughs> no, and like, and, like, you laugh, but, like, I know people will, Think that's what I'm saying because we have a black um, police in this country. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, but we have the same problems that countries like America have. I know that's what I'm saying. What, what I'm saying is, the police is inherently a violent um, arm of the of the government Law. That's, that that seeks to impose um, order, an order that you know means that black bodies will get hurt. Uh, female bodies will get hurt. Uh, you know, marginalized bodies will get hurt. Yeah, like even now during like COVID nineteen, how many people have died? When if we're looking at COVID, like like how COVID technically should work with social distancing, you should be able to easily restrain those people. Yet people are dying. No, okay, yeah, you're right, but that that's beside the point. Have you seen the clips of the cops shooting at people in in uh, Hillbrow. Yeah, I have. It's awful. Like, no, like, find me, find me something that they do besides police brutality that can't be done. By <laughs> it's just a lot more. Pa- it would be more paperwork, but paperwork sometimes is a good thing. Sometimes, yeah. So clearly, no respect, right? <laughs> well, not, not necessarily like, so 
Yes, respect. No respect. Again, respect like you respect a gun. Okay. So, yeah. So if a gun wasn't there, right? Do you still feel like? So I mean, assuming like how people talk about the police, like in the idealistic sense, even with like what you know. Actually, no. This question doesn't make sense out of context. It was basically like, do you feel like you still have to respect them? And I guess if someone has a gun on you, yeah, I feel like I have to. Yeah, yeah. I, I he's, he's, nothing like I, I, I want, I want to even say like they can help domestic abuse victims, but that's not true. Like I, I don't know who they, I don't know who they help. Like besides, and we've dealt with it personally. Besides, like, yeah, like someone we knew, we, and we were there for the whole police interactions. Nothing. Like, like again, besides, unless you unless you need the force of a gun, I don't. Uh, I, I'm repeating myself, but it's just it's irritating me because I'm trying to figure out. A, <laughs> but I'm coming up empty. Okay, so we're gonna be closing up now. What else do you want to say about being black, Nati? What are your closing statements? What's your closing thing? Um, 10 out of 10 would recommend Big Vibes. Um, being black? Yeah, being black is fun. Um, stay black. Stay black, stay woke. Hydrate. You know, take care of your hair. Um... Listen to Nina Simone once, once a week. <laughs> um, she do go in. Don't forget to pray at the altar of your queen, your your, your queen god Beyonce. No Solange. Nah, see, Solange is a is a she's like, nah, Solange is like, like a like 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 a voodoo priestess, you know, like. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, maybe not voodoo prince. But anyway, yeah, yep, yeah. If you if you get the chance of being born, of if if you die and you get to re- reincarnate, be black. It's fun. Teach it like uh, you can you you can you can learn some some empathy. You can, you know, vibe out to some cool music that's, you know, something that's actually for you. Um, the racism will not will not be fun. <laughs> uh, existential crisis sees every yeah. now and again just because of just because yeah the the never-ending oppression and feeling of worthlessness um at a certain level is not fun <sighs> the abuse of your body and words and output is not fun but you know the misconstruing of ideas actions and words not fun yeah the the fearing the constant fearing of police and um you know that's not fun and always being under under always being beaten by by the stick not great but what i will recommend is a quarter like a really good quarter from like a, a quarter with a black you know black label you some no, okay. Zamalek. So, Zamalek. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. This is what I actually recommend. I, I, I recommend when, when this when this lockdown's over, get in some slab chips, like a big thing of slab chips, get in some some rations, 
get in some sandwich bread, some tomato sauce, some zab- some zamalek, and sitting in a circle in in a circle with with, with your friends eating, drinking, and chatting. That's Mwah. perfect. I think that might be the blackest thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Nati, thanks so much for being here, dude. You know, I like dreaded having this conversation, mainly because I have a lot of questions and things to deal with my own blackness that I probably am still not ready to deal with yet or talk about on a public forum. But the conversations we had were dope. And I don't think I could have had this with anyone else besides you because we've we've been through some things. We have racial things. Cops, cops involved, cops not involved. Racist white people, no racist white people. We've had some fun times. We've had some shit times. Yeah. We had some laughs. We had some tears. It was a lot. But I'm glad you were here. It was beautiful. It felt honest. And it was lovely. Um, Tell them where they can find you and what you got going on. I have... um Me and me and the team, uh, the Potter team, we have... Depending on when this goes out. Well, no. Yeah. We have a magazine coming out... Uh, in September, um, you can catch us catch us at Pots on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Das Nati at Twitter. Nati Das. No, don't don't write me on Facebook. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, don't come to my personal account. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm Nigel McFly on, on Instagram. And yeah, um, our next edition is going to be super cool. They, uh, we got some really nice pieces. and Maybe we can have you on for that. Yeah, maybe. We can do a, a Maybe thing. we can have um, Khala the boy. You're always talking about him as well. He's a homie. Okay, cool. So everything will be in the description. So people can check that out there. Hmm. And as always... This has been the Intersection Podcast, where we just try to find out identity at its very core. And today, we spoke a lot about identity. And so, as I usually say, but with a little twist, stay black, stay safe, and don't forget to wash your hands. Cheers, guys.